Good morning, and we welcome back to the program State Senator Gene Lysing. And good morning to you, Senator. Yeah, good morning, Tom. Uh, another beautiful day. Huh? It, indeed it is. And, of course, uh, it's uh, in, in addition to the nice weather, it's going to be another one of those days, uh, shall we say, at the State House, and a lot of things to uh, consider as the session starts to wind down. But uh, first off, um, I'd like to get your thoughts uh, regarding the uh, so-called uh, transgender bill that passed uh, pretty much along party lines by a 32 to 18 vote in the state Senate yesterday. Right. Uh, of course, that bill had started in the House and had already passed the House. And then uh, yesterday had a third reading vote uh, in the uh, Senate. And basically... The bill doesn't really refer to transgender. It defines that there are three kinds of sports. There's women, all women's sports, all men's sports, and mixed teams for sports. And it just says that a biological male, someone born a male on their birth certificate, okay, cannot play on all women's teams. So that's really what it says. And, of course, uh, everyone has um, in Indianapolis here has made it a transgender bill. But really, um, for many of us, it was more like, okay, so if you're in a large school, and this probably doesn't happen down in our area, but in a large school and you have a boy that didn't make the boys' basketball team, but he decides to try out for the girls' team, right? Mm-hmm. He would not be able, if it's an all-girls basketball team, uh, if this bill is signed in the law by the governor, he won't be able to do that, okay? So now the ISAA had already some rules in place, uh, but I really don't know the details of those. But this is more of a safeguard for in two ways, I think. that I mean, everybody knows that males generally have um, more muscle mass than females, and I think that... Some of us were concerned about what happens when you have a 13- or 14-year-old aggressive male that's pretty good size already playing against a 13-year-old girl. You know, is somebody going to get hurt? Um, Then the other thing I think besides that is that for girls that are really pursuing scholarships uh, via athletic performance, this could interfere with the girl prevailing for a scholarship on to higher education. This bill actually only deals, though, with K-12. to It does not deal with college athletics. Uh, apparently, the NCAA did not want us getting involved, and so um, that was never added as part of the bill. So it will be interesting to see how this all works out. And, uh, you know, but I can tell you, that in the course of the Senate Education Committee hearing on this bill about two weeks ago, I guess, we heard from a lot of folks who weren't worried about the things that I just talked about. Uh, We primarily heard from folks who would have defined themselves as trans people or transgender people. So anyway, it's an interesting world we live in, is all I can say. So, But what we're trying to do is make sure that Girls do have a fair opportunity at girls at all girls sports. Oh, so and I, and that's I, kind of that issue. Okay, and uh, I take it that uh, you voted in the majority. I did. I did. I. I. And I'll be honest. I mean, I'm more worried about 
the young teen girls uh, potentially being harmed playing with uh, an aggressive boy on their feet. Uh, so, you know, my my view on this was probably different than some. I mean, everybody probably had their own reason for voting for it. But anyway, that, that was mine. So. All right. But we have a lot of other interesting bills. I know that you're probably interested in the um, House Bill 1001 that would allow the, um, really would now put in place in statute uh, the opportunity for our governor to stop his executive orders uh, without uh, putting at risk federal money that the state is currently receiving. And uh, that has to do with SNAP benefits, which are commonly known as food stamps, um, and and the fact that that's federal money that comes into the state. And so this bill protects that. And then also um, some things that the Department of Health has done in regard to um, having more flexibility on vaccination clinics and testing clinics, uh, that's in there as well. And then also some Medicaid payments. Those three things that are, to me, the focus of the bill that allows our governor, if he chooses, it doesn't mandate, but it, if he chooses to stop his continuous executive orders. And those three things protect um, the state of Indiana from losing federal funding that's currently coming in. So those three things are there. Then now the bill still says that a, a business, if they want to require immunization, can, but they don't have to, certainly. And if they do decide that they want to require vaccine for COVID, then the person can opt out, uh, certainly with um, a proof of having antibodies because they've had COVID. It also allows them to... Um, have a religious exemption, and then it also allows them to test. And I believe the testing uh, is twice a week now, I believe is what it, it, it kept changing back and forth, but I believe that's what's in the bill. So um, those are the primary things in the bill. Oh, and also, if someone is fired as a result of their position on covid uh, it's my understanding they would be eligible for unemployment benefits. Um, and so, uh, you know, this bill probably gives uh, way more protection uh, than people currently have that potentially don't believe in vaccine right now. So, uh, but I mean, the bigger thing is I think everybody is ready for the governor to stop his continuous executive orders. And uh, I believe this bill, with the language in it, protects that federal funding that would be important to our state and important to the governor. So I hope that uh, this will allow him to stop this continuous executive orders. With that, we're going to take a short time out. We'll be back as we continue our conversation with State Senator Gene Lysing right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. 
Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with State Senator Gene Lysing. And as far as some other things uh, on the docket, uh, what are those? Some other really important bills um, that probably your listeners might be interested in. Educators, uh, teachers are probably um, hoping to find that a couple of the education bills uh, are no longer moving in the process. One was Senate Bill 167, and that was stopped a couple of weeks ago. And now, just this week, House Bill 1134. Um, and these dealt with some things that many people would say, well, gee, we, we need to put that in place. But those bills had so much language in them that they got weighted down so that neither side really liked the bills the people on the far right or the people on the far left. And so I think what will happen now, we still have uh, the rest of this week and potentially next week um, uh, to through a conference committee process. That's when bills that have passed at least one side of the uh, state house can then that language, if it's still alive, can be put into another bill and then, but it has to be approved by both the um, Senate and the House again. And so um, I think we will see some of that language come back to life again, but hopefully not the most cumbersome things that our teachers felt overwhelmed about, okay? And then the other bill I think that a lot of our superintendents were concerned about was House Bill 1107, and that bill was definitely killed yesterday with a no vote. So um, that would have imposed, opened up our schools uh, for potential lawsuits, and uh, it just didn't make sense. I mean, I'm sure attorneys would have liked the, the bill, but I think that it wasn't good for all of us um, as taxpayers or people that manage schools. There are so many other issues out there. Uh, some of my bills that actually, uh, of course, the Board of Animal Health bill has moved on and to the governor, the uh, Purdue seed bill has moved on, the DNR um Department of Natural Resources Task Force to review all their rules and regulations because for some reason they have an excessive number of rules and regulations. That bill that will require a task force to be established has passed both bodies. Uh, the suicide bill that I offered, uh, and that has to do with um, the Department of Health reporting suicide and drug overdoses by county annually uh, so that the legislature have, has a handle on uh, that issue because we know that both of those numbers seem to be increasing, probably likely because of COVID, but we want to make sure that mental health services are going to the right locations. Last year, there was a lot of money put in the budget, additional money for mental health services, and unfortunately, we have only 24 
community mental health centers in the state, and we have 92 counties, so not all of those mental health centers have a physical location in every county. And so that's, um, you know, definitely uh, a concern. And it's a concern for me because I think that in some of my counties, there's very little access to mental health services. So if you had somebody that had either a mental health issue or a drug addiction issue, people don't know where to turn. So I'm hoping that that's going to be certainly a, a good thing. The other bill of mine, that uh, two bills actually dealing with education that are still moving, uh, they still have to go through this last process. Uh, they passed both the Senate and the House, but they were amended drastically. One is the uh, public comment at school board meetings because some of the school boards in our state were no longer allowing for public comment. So parents felt shut out, as well as teachers that wanted to make comments. So I'm hoping that we continue to see that bill move in the next week uh, in the final uh, stages. And then also the FAFSA bill, that's the uh, application that high school seniors and their parents really ought to be encouraged to complete because there are so many grants and scholarships for people of all income levels that want to go on to higher education, and not just for four years of college, but also to um, actually apply to what we call our Workforce Ready Grant Program, which is a totally state-funded program, which allows for young people that don't want a college degree to enter into five different areas uh, to acquire a certificate and some limited uh, degree. Um, And so... I'm hoping that both of those bills continue to move because Indiana's completion of the federal FAFSA form uh, is very low. And last year, we, Indiana, the state, missed out on $65 million worth of Pell Grant money that would have prevented our students going on to higher education from having as many school loans or their parents having loans to put them through. So um, those are probably the uh, primary bills. My my solar and wind turbine bill was not given a hearing in the House, but the House Utilities Chairman reassured me yesterday that he is going to get the Utility Regulatory Commission uh, to annually put in their report the number of acres by county that are used, that are being consumed by solar fields and wind farms uh, because there is a concern that as we continue to expand renewable energy, we are potentially depleting farm ground. Those are, uh, gosh, there's there's lots of other issues we could talk about, but I think those are, are some at the top of my list right now. All right. So, uh, and then uh, anything else uh, before we let you uh, get back to uh, to the Senate chambers this morning? Well, I would tell you that the other thing maybe is that all the listeners should be looking for a a taxpayer refund that is a result of the um, estate having um, a larger surplus than anticipated. And I believe that they're saying that should be about $125 per taxpayer. And I believe you won't get a check in the mail, but it will be uh, somehow off of your tax return when you file. So um, I... uh, uh, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but, hey, it's a little extra, and instead of the state just spending more of your tax dollars, 
um, it's a step in the right direction. All right, so we'll keep uh, keep an eye on our uh, tax returns for that. And uh, Senator Gene Lysing, as always, we appreciate your time this morning, and we look forward to talking to you once again in uh, two weeks. Uh, that's great. Thank you, Tom, for having us and keeping uh, your listeners up to date on what's going on in that big city of Indianapolis.